Welcome to the Shadow Warrior Podcast. I'm the host, Rajiv Srinivasan, and this is episode 110, titled, What a Difference 10 Years Make. This episode is being recorded on Onam, that is August 29th, 2023, and let me wish a very happy Onam to all those who celebrate this festival. I wrote 10 years ago on Rediff.com in the Great Indian Rope Trick and Other Illusions of Progress about how the average Indian is satisfied with illusion, never mind real progress. That made India a Potemkin state where form is everything and substance is material. It turns out that I was wrong. Indians do want actual progress. I might be pardoned for saying what I said then because the country was at the fag end of a last decade, 2004 to 2014, wherein things deteriorated steadily. Decline had been par for the course throughout the Nehruvian Stalinist decades of dirigisme. Apart from missteps in economic management, the political environment was also dicey. There was the appalling spectacle of a constitutional coup, as I noted at the time, in four ways the Congress won power by constitutional coups. By colluding with the Communist Speaker in the cash-for-votes scam, the Congress clung on to power, violating democratic norms. We see the same recklessness today in the US. Let's jail the leading opposition candidate. And in Germany, one party is getting too popular, let's ban it. It does not bode well. The New York Times on August 21, 2023, ran the striking headline, quote, Elections are bad for democracy, unquote, before changing it to, quote, The worst people run for office. It's time for a better way, end quote. Yes, democracy is too important to leave to the people. Let us, elites, tell them what to think. The most striking example of this uncaring state the very nadir of its contempt for the man in the street was the length of the chain anchoring the mug in the loo in railway compartments, just three inches too short, thus shattering the illusion that you could actually clean your bottom. A daunting prospect for any traveller, especially because of the overwhelming stink and a world of difference from Japan's Shinkansen and their amazing high-tech loos. Recently, I travelled in several train compartments, including ancient Jan Shatabdi chair cars and newish Hamsafer sleeper coaches, although, alas, not in Vande Bharat coaches yet. But I was surprised at how much better the toilets were. The quote-unquote bio-toilet means human feces are not dumped on the tracks. They do not smell terrible, and wonder of wonders, there is a hygiene hose slash bidet that is actually long enough to do the deed. And, perhaps redundantly, the chain for the mug has been lengthened. And there is water. It is hard to explain to a non-Indian what a difference all this makes. I had a cousin who denied herself food and drink while travelling by train just so she could avoid the toilet. It is a sea change when you are granted a little self-respect. I am reminded of the placard held by a man at a Martin Luther King rally. Quote, I am a man. Unquote. Yes, 
the proverbial average Indian Aam Admi is a human who deserves consideration, not only Lutians and Khan market types. I'm sorry to talk about a cringe-making topic like toilets, but this is something earthy and immediately understandable. It makes the point that India is, seven to six years after the imperialists left and brown sahibs took over, finally on the march. Indians are beginning to see that they can demand respect from their rulers and get it. Dignity, that watchword of the butler Stevens in Kazuo Gishiguro's brilliant The Remains of the Day. In a penetrating 1997 essay titled India Shouldn't Have Fantasies About the Past, But Face It, Sir V.S. Naipaul mentioned that those who have been oppressed and denigrated for centuries are now rising, and this rise will be messy. He was talking about those outside the charm circle that rule the country for long. It is also broader, the rise of the other backward communities, that uncharming name for the majority of Indians, the Bahujan. Naipaul also said that the rulers will now of necessity be of the people, not overlords. It can be argued that for over a thousand years, Indians have been effectively ruled by a comprador, quote-unquote, elite, middlemen who did the dirty work on behalf of invaders or distant rulers. It is my suspicion that the zamindars and other local strongmen were largely from the upper or middle jatis, and it is only now that those from the bottom of the pyramid are finally getting a say in things. No, this is not a jati bashing exercise, and I may be extrapolating from my observations in Kerala, where a middle jati, Nayars, were the Kulaks, who lorded it over those below them in the hierarchy, such as OBC, Irivas, SC, Pulayas, and ST, Malayarayans. The latter are now rising, though not in full measure yet. I think it's similar in Tamil Nadu too. In the Soviet Union, Stalin liquidated the Kulaks. In India, their eclipse has come about too late, though without violence. The usual woke Latians, Khan market suspects, were disappointed they couldn't chortle about Chandrayaan 3 being yet another expensive failure a poor country could ill afford, echoing Brits upset that their alleged quote-unquote aid was going to India. In reality, as per the UK Foreign Office, India politely declined any charity from them starting 2015. Any money coming to India from the UK is foreign direct investment, FDI, or strictly in support of their geopolitical objectives, channeled via dubious NGOs or missionaries. The Wokes also grumbled about ISRO engineers going to Tirupati and invoking the blessings of the divine for their project. I'm glad they got a Mungthod Javab. There really is no dichotomy in Hindu thought between science and faith. Science, too, requires faith and belief. The Wokes have reason to be worried, not only by the picture-perfect moon landing, but also by Pragnananda, who almost unseated the reigning world champion in chess. By Neeraj Chopra, who won the World Athletic Championship in Javelin to go with his Olympic gold. The 4x400 relay quartet, with their heroics of almost defeating the Americans in the heats while setting an Asian record. And Vivek Ramaswamy, who is unabashedly Hindu 
and at the same time a patriotic American and a force to contend with in the Republican Party in the U.S. Even though they haven't been defenestrated, except perhaps some unfortunate folks at Ashoka University, India's left are less and less relevant, relics of a failed ideology. They should count their lucky stars. In Singapore, Lee Kuan Yew liquidated them. And indeed, even in the US, the woke capital of the world, their star is setting. There is another reason I brought up toilets, the unseemly obsession that Westerners have with them. I was delighted to see this cartoon on Twitter, and it is obviously a parody of an earlier one in the sadly overrated New York Times. This cartoon shows the elite space club, and there are these two ladies, Indian ladies with uh, bindis and uh, saris, sitting there reading a magazine or a newspaper about India's moon mission, and there is a knocking on the door, and this white guy is standing there with uh, a cart full of stuff. Of course, the original was the two white guys sitting in the elite space club and an Indian man knocking on the door with uh, a cow behind him and the newspaper article is about India's Mars mission. While the racist derision of the original cartoon and the celebration of the bee jasmine and bee bindied women in Indian engineering are the obvious takeaways, I was intrigued by a detail. The white guy in the cartoon is dragging a shopping cart full of toilet paper behind him. I'm not sure why toilet paper is some kind of atavistic guilty pleasure for Westerners. Despite being purely climate-related, they could not afford to melt ice and snow just to wash their bottoms, or for that matter, their hands, thus cutlery. Toilet paper has become a cultural staple for them. You might remember the hoarding of toilet paper in the early days of COVID. It's time Westerners abandoned killing trees and went for more healthy, bidet-like health faucets. For that matter, the squat in Indian closets is apparently better than the sitting posture on a Western quote-unquote thunder box. Recently, while traveling in the Czech Republic, I stayed in a fancy hotel that had a bidet. Such a relief. May their tribe increase. Of course, some things never change. This was demonstrated in two ways. The thinly veiled envy from the British that manifested itself in their assertion that an India full of open defecation shouldn't be spending on space research. And the Economist magazine in their recent obituary of Bindeshwar Pathak repeatedly emphasizing caste discrimination and manual scavenging. These are vestiges of the past, and mostly due to the 10 trillion, or 45 trillion, depending on whom you ask, that the Brits looted, impoverishing India. But then who's counting? And you want to talk about open defecation? Once beautiful San Francisco is now the champion, while India has built large numbers of indoor toilets all over the country. See the quote-unquote poop map of San Francisco at https uh, dot slash slash mochi machine mochi machine dot org slash wasteland slash hash. One thing that has definitely changed in the last 10 years is the amount of Hindu hatred expressed in the West, particularly America. The California caste bill, equality labs, 
Audrey Trushke and the latest tech journal Kara Swisher's racist attack on Vivek Ramaswamy are all related to the fact that Hindus have quietly become one of the most economically suspect uh, economically successful but politically powerless groups in the US it's really a backhanded compliment happily cheered on by rogues from the chindu stable or similar caste is the weapon so kara swisher said best nickname i have heard so far for this tech bro rama smarmi add yours below leaving comments open she said Hindus tend to be defensive about caste, which shouldn't be. Caste is really a white invention from the Portuguese casta, intended to segregate mixed-race people based on how white they are, half, quarter, one-eighth, etc. Thus, mulatto, quadroon, octroon, etc. It is their cross to bear. There is an ocean of difference between this caste business and jatis. But I digress. Besides, There are de facto castes in the US. The investment banker caste, the doctor caste, the lawyer caste, the management con- consultant caste, etc. They all go to the same Tony prep schools, the same Ivy League colleges. Legacy admissions mean you easily get into Harvard if your parents went to Harvard regardless of your grades. Raj Chetty has published reams of data about this. They're endogamous and bait with each other. and they all miraculously end up at Goldman Sachs or McKinsey an outsider cannot break in these castes are also lindy ask nasim talab perhaps taking a cue from other groups that have prospered hindus and indian americans in general are becoming quote unquote white like others have before them irish italians jews japanese koreans chinese there is a long list "Quote unquote whiteness is a construct. I was flabbergasted decades ago when a well-meaning white guy said, quote, "You guys are almost white." I stuttered, "But but we are brown. If you have money, you pretty much become white." I give it another 10 years with India's GDP at 10 trillion dollars and more Hindu Americans creating unicorns. I bet by 2034 Hindus will be white. Maybe Vivek is the first white Hindu. I'm not making a value judgment, merely making a prediction. You heard it here first. August 29th, 2023.